Welcome to Listen Parish Church and today, Sunday the 25th of April 2021. We've been going through the first letter that John wrote to the churches scattered throughout the, the Roman Empire. And although it was written so long ago, there's much in it that we can learn from. And today we're looking at chapter 3, which deals with the question that you might ask, what is love? We live in a world that seems to be obsessed with love. So let's look at what the Bible says about it. Let's look at this passage in 1 John 3. Love, of course, is the favourite topic of music, poetry, novels and drama. Uh, but it's, I suppose it's at the heart of being human, but it's usually given a sentimental, shallow treatment that mostly talks about sex, romance and feelings. that might not last long, but they're real while they're there. I remember at school learning by heart one of Shakespearean sonnets about love and uh, I, I can still recite it yet but I, I, won't, uh, I won't bore you with that today. So it's been a topic all the way through history. I'm told the Greeks in the ancient world had eight words for love. I don't know what they all are but the one most used in the Bible is, uh, is probably the deepest meaning of love. It's called agape. It means love that's unconditional. You don't have to do something good to earn it. And it doesn't look for any reward. And it never gives up. That's the kind of love that the Bible talks about. That's what God's love is like. And although Psalm 23 doesn't use the word love anywhere, I don't think, in it, that's a portrayal of God's love as a shepherd looking after David who sees himself as the sheep of his pasture. So it's agape written all over it. But in this short letter that John the Apostle wrote to the scattered church, I counted the word love 50 times and it's only short. Remember John 3.16 which says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's interesting that in this letter, the way it's done in our English Bible, chapter 3, verse 16, says much the same thing. That Christ laid down his life for us, it says. We've just celebrated Easter and we've wondered at the depth of love that took Jesus to the cross. And I was taken by Good Friday how we were less speechless at the love that took Jesus to the suffering of the cross. That is agape love. And God defines himself as being love. Chapter 4, the next chapter, says God is love. And I suppose what God is saying is, what, what John is saying is that God defines himself as being love. He is the embodiment of love within his character, at the very core of his being. And that love reaches out to all of his creation, to all the physical creation of the universe and, and the world we live in, that we are now becoming so anxious about. God loves his creation and we should too. But he loves people. And he loves you and me. He loves us all, whether we're important or not, whether we're good or bad, actually, he cannot help but love us. Doesn't mean 
that he can ignore the evil that we do and the sin we commit and the number of times we fail. He doesn't miss all that, but he still wants to love us. And that's why he had a plan to rescue us when he sent his son. So that's God's love. So what, you see? That's a nice feeling that God loves me. Well, the next statement in that same verse, verse 16, tells us that our response to Jesus' love is to do the same. And it says to lay down our lives for each other. I think if there's one phrase in this passage that reinforces the message, it's this one. And the message translation puts it like this. Let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. We're probably all familiar with Jesus' words in the Gospels about loving our neighbours as ourselves, being second only to the command to love God. And he told the story of the Good Samaritan to illustrate who our neighbour is. And it points out that even people we instinctively don't like or trust are still people we should love, sacrificially if necessary. So love is not a fuzzy feeling it's a choice. John and other writers in the New Testament give us some practical suggestions. And I'm just going to list four of them for you to think about. There are loads and loads more. First one is, we should care for one another. And we should lay down our lives in verse 17. And that might mean unglamorous things. You might choose to go litter picking because nobody else does. You might get a neighbour shopping because they can't get out. You might cut someone's grass if, they're, if they've been sick or if they've broken a leg. It's maybe just being available and simply being kind is a good place to start. The second one I would list is compassion for those in need. And in a world today, there's no shortage of information about who's in need. Indeed, it can be quite overwhelming and you wouldn't know where to start. Yet helping just one person is still worthwhile. You know the story about the wee boy who is throwing starfish back into the sea and somebody comes up and says, you're wasting your time, son. There are lots more. We'll be coming where that one's been. And he said, yeah, but it makes a difference to that one. And maybe we could be doing the same. The third thing I've listed is generosity. In several of his letters, Paul thanks churches and pleads with churches to be generous because the church in Jerusalem was going through a time of extreme poverty and, and I think famine as well. And so it's a principle that's embedded in, in the people of God. And in James chapter one, James is very blunt sometimes he says, Real religion is not being religious. It's reaching out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guarding against corruption from the world. Again, that's the message translation. I wonder if you've considered how much you give to good causes. Do you say, I'm doing enough? You know, in the Old Testament, Everybody had to give at least a tenth of what they had, of the wealth that they created, or the crops that they grew, back into the centre so that the temple and the Levites who ran it could live well. And maybe that's a principle you should think about as well. How much money 
are you giving away? And how often do you put your hand in your pocket for people who are in need? That's a demonstration of love. And the fourth thing I've highlighted is unity. In John chapter 17, written by the same person, Jesus says that his followers would, he prays that his followers would be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and that I have loved them even as you have loved me. And so how united we are as a body of Christ is a demonstration of how much God loves us and how much we love him. Food for thought, isn't it? So how is this possible? You're saying, oh, come on, I can't do all that. I'm just me. Well, in verse 23 of this passage, John makes a strong statement about this. He says that believing in the name of Jesus and loving one another is not just a choice. It's a command of God. The promise is that when we obey, we'll live in him and he lives in us. What does that mean? How do we know that? Is that this fuzzy feeling? Is that a warm glow? Not always and, and maybe not usually, but the Holy Spirit has been given to us to bring us into a relationship with God and to make it possible for us to love like God does. And we won't always achieve it and we'll often have to repent and come back and reconnect with the love of God. Jesus explained to his disciples in John 14 that the Holy Spirit would be with us forever as a friend and support. The word used in Greek is paraclete and that's counsellor or someone who comes alongside us to help us and would be living in us. That's the key. Not gritted teeth and endurance and saying, I must love everybody. That doesn't work. But rely on the power of God that's now within you with the indwelling Holy Spirit. So let's do it. It just remains for me to say thank you for joining with us in this celebration of God's love and, uh, and just to pray a prayer of blessing over you. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul says this, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. So may the Lord bless you today and help you to live in and enjoy and express the love of God. Amen.